Welcome, everyone, to the J.D. Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Vermillion with J.D. Power, and with me today are Mike Taylor, who leads our travel practice, and Jenny Corwin, who's our lead analyst for travel. So, Mike and Jenny, uh, welcome, and thanks for joining us today. Hello. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So, first topic on airline, Mike, uh, I think we really should uh, address um, uh, the passing of Herb Kelleher, uh, who's the founder of Southwest Airlines and and, and his um, his legacy there? So, yeah. so so kind of what are your thoughts in terms of of his legacy and, and and what he brought to the industry? We could do an entire podcast on Herb Kelleher and his legacy with the airlines. Um, he came about um, just as airlines were deregulating. If if you everybody has a long memory, it used to, rates for airline tickets used to be set by the Civil Aeronautics Board which has gone the way of the dodo, of course. And just as uh, the industry was getting deregulated, uh, he had the idea that uh, he would compete in Texas uh, with an airline, not necessarily against other airlines, but against the car itself. So he started off as a very short-haul airline and was, uh, you know, the ability of him to get routes. Uh, he was a lead counsel, actually, for a, a partnership that started Southwest Airlines. Um, he spent four years in court uh, doing battle with, I believe, Braniff and Delta, who wanted to keep him out of the business, but eventually got around to it. And he had two things that 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 he really introduced to the airline industry. One was you know, the efficiency of that 20-minute turnaround. That was the goal and still is the goal of Southwest Airlines is to go block to block, you know, from the time the airport air, aircraft reaches the gate to the time it leaves um, is 20 minutes or less. Uh, and that keeps air, and that keeps their assets flying and re- making money, and reduces your fleet costs because you don't have, need to have as many aircraft to cover his, those routes and those miles. Um, and then he also, there's, I think, the even bigger legacy than that operational side of things is the people side of things. He was a very outgoing person, um, as we all remember, if anybody ever saw anything that was related to Herb Kelleher, and. Um, uh, you know, he would uh, do goofy things and to inspire his workforce and to make sure that everybody felt like they were being treated equally. Um, and that he, the phrase that we use today is one that Herb Kelleher, Kelleher started, which was hire for attitude, because I can't teach that, is what he used to say. And that's a phrase we hear all the time these days, but it really started off with Southwest Airlines. So the combination of operational um, efficiency. And the, the addition of that, those people skills to make the airline experience something fun and different and interesting rather than a kind of a drudge and a, and a chore uh, are the two big legacies of Herb Kelleher. Okay, thanks, Mike. Uh, I think the other big story in the news uh, right now is the government shutdown. And, uh, and and we are seeing, I think, some impact on uh, on the travel industry, both in hospitality, but also with the airlines and, and the airports. So... So, Jenny, um, from the hospitality point of view, uh, what what impact are we seeing today uh, on the industry, and is it impacting the the, the guest experience? Um, in terms of the guest experience, I, I don't think we're going to see a, a large impact immediately. Particularly, I mean, the staffing levels are going to be the same. You know, hotel employees are not government employees, so there's no issue there. Um, and right now, it's not a super busy travel time, so the hotel industry probably isn't feeling it so much yet. Um, but but they probably will start to, particularly um, as we get into spring break and March and some of that large group travel that happens around national parks and monuments and, 
and things that are affected by the government shutdown, those trips may be canceled, which are large you know, room blocks and group bookings. Um, you may see less business travel as less uh, uh, people are having a little bit, or more people are having trouble getting to the airport or less government contractors are out traveling on business. So the industry may start to feel it in a little bit, but I don't think from a consumer perspective, um, we're gonna see a lot of change in the actual experience at the hotel. Thanks, Jenny. Uh, Mike, what about for the airlines and the and the airports? Uh, so we we had a uh, a meeting this week where uh, we had people from around the country uh, in the meeting, and so we were talking to them about their experience with the security lines at various airports. Uh, some airports had um, no lines at all, but other airports, the line was out the door and out on the sidewalk. So, 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 so what are we hearing, and and what is the uh, what is the impact on uh, customer satisfaction? with um, relation to the security lines, uh, both for, does it impact the airline? Does it impact the airport? Does it impact both? Well, it does impact, it impacts the airport uh, scores more than it impacts the airline scores. Um, as I like to tell our both airline and airport clients, you know, the, catching, an aircraft, catching an airplane uh, is uh, probably one of the few, very few times that people have a deadline. And so that stresses them out. And the, Inability for them to guess how long it's going to take to get through TSA is one of the major irritants in the whole chain of travel, um, the ribbon of travel uh, experiences that people go through to get on and off an aircraft. And uh, as you mentioned before, we had people reporting various kinds of things happening. Some people said the lines were way out the door. Some people said I had no problem. Um, in the New York market, I had no problem. I don't think you guys had too many problems um, in Detroit. Uh, Atlanta is experiencing some problems, and Delta is helping out with that by not necessarily manning those hyper-secure or um, parts of the TSA experience that need training, but just helping people with bins and directing them to the correct line and that kind of thing. So Delta realizes that the TSA experience impinges on people's experience on their airline, uh, and they're putting up the power of people uh, behind it. Okay, thanks, Mike. So turning uh, or staying on airport, actually, there's a recent story uh, about LaGuardia and the fact that uh, we're starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel at LaGuardia uh, with the um, with the makeover. And uh, the story essentially was about the idea that that travelers are going to see nicer, larger restrooms uh, at the uh, at the airport. And it sounds a little bit funny to say it out loud, but, but restrooms and, and that experience at the airports really are important, right? Oh, they certainly are. Um, <laughs> we could do more podcasts just on this topic alone right here. So, yes, one of the key signals that we find in the J.D. Power data in our airport study, the key, one of the key signals is how clean is your restroom? And there's a couple of things that impact that, uh, that score, one of which is how often the restroom is clean. Because, as again, as I like to say to our clients, uh, cleaning an airport restroom, restroom is like shoveling snow off your driveway while it's still snowing. It's never going to be completely free of snow. Your airport bathroom is never going to be completely clean, clean because it's almost always in continuous use, especially with these days with record numbers of people on the airport. But there's uh, certain design elements. The condition of the, of the restroom also impacts that cleanliness score. If it's worn, broken, or, or um, uh, in some kind of state of disrepair, it's going to be considered dirty, no matter how often you clean it or how clean it actually is. So these new restrooms at LaGuardia are, as you put it, the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, one of those little glimmers, like, ooh, this, it's going to be a very different experience at LaGuardia. 
uh, takes into account a couple different things. We find in our data and also some of our more specific studies with airports, uh, on-airport bathrooms and, and terminal facilities, is there are two different things that happen in the, air, uh, the airport bathroom uh, that really are, are kind of drawn along the lines of whether you're male or female. For the males, you know, the, the, one of the big uh, swing factors is uh, suspicious liquids on the floor, which is a nice way of saying it. Um, that really uh, impacts the experience that males have, whether how you know, clean and also how dry the floors are. For female users of bathrooms at airports, it's the, the water on the edge of the sink. Um, mostly we, we believe because you know they're carrying a little bit more luggage or they're they have a purse and they're going to set that down they're not going to set it down on the floor you know because that becomes a you know a, a woman's purse is more closely held to the body than the rollerboard luggage so those two things uh, have to been taken into account with the new Air, uh, LaGuardia bathrooms you know they have a very slanted sink uh, where everything any kind of water that that accumulates on the sink surface itself will go down the drain itself. So that it doesn't have to be constantly wiped up. It won't pool or puddle uh, on that. They're also having little shelves uh, above the sink uh, where you can put your either briefcase, your computer bag, or your or your handbag. So they've taken into account several different things that, that we've been talking about for 20 years at JD Power, the design of the bathroom and how that affects uh, passenger satisfaction. Okay, thanks, Mike. So turning to rental car, a uh, recent story at Atlanta, uh, Hertz has opened a lane where they've replaced the ID check for, uh, for exiting the, uh, the rental car facility with facial recognition and fingerprint scans. And they're claiming that it can make car renting faster by up to 75%. So I guess a, a couple questions. One would be, uh, how important is the uh, the exit experience for the total overall uh, rental car experience? And then, too, are, are we likely to see more of this type of thing uh, going forward? All right, I'll jump into the first part of that. Um, when we do the rental car study at J.D. Power, we found that the, um, the there are there's a tie for the top measures that impact satisfaction. Uh, this year, it's been cost and fees and speed of getting into the rental car itself. Those are tied for the number one spot, the most impactful. In fact, those two items right there are about half of the experience itself, explains about half the satisfaction. And all it is, uh, the, the major primary attribute within getting to the into your rental car is the speed of the rental car process, of getting actually getting to the rental car. So anything that can speed that along will have a better effect uh, than almost anything else that the rental car company can do other than lowering the price which has been happening, uh, quite frankly, over the last 14, 15 years with a lot of rental, rental car companies that we measure. And I know, Jen, if you've got some thoughts on that or not. Well, I think the, the exit gate and anything that speeds that up is certainly um, the new way to go, right? I think most airport rentals, which is what we've looked at, um, the pickup process itself is relatively smooth, but the exit gate has been that one funnel. Still, there's, that's still the place where you have to have an interaction with a person. You have to wait. You're dependent on the speed of those people in front of you. Um, as, as Mike always says, is a, uh, a deterrent to satisfaction for most people. Um, so I think this is the next logical step in speeding that whole process up. Okay, Mike and Jenny, uh, we've added a fifth topic to our podcast, and this is anticipation of the upcoming U.S. Travel App Study that publishes in, in March, so just a little uh, 
plug there for us. Uh, so, so the topic uh, around apps for this month would be uh, this story uh, at Avis Budget, uh, where they have begun to add a, a keyless um, feature on their app for cars, uh, where essentially you'll be able to manage the entire uh, rental car experience uh, on the app, and you can even lock or unlock the car, even start the car with the app. Uh, so, um, Jenny, maybe get your thoughts first and then, and then over to Mike uh, in terms of uh, how this is likely to impact uh, the rental car experience and uh, are we going to see more of this kind of thing in the future? Yeah, so I, my, my first initial personal thoughts are as someone who is, is constantly attached to their phone, I love this. Um, you know, if I don't have to dig out car keys, that's wonderful. If I don't even have to have a key, that's even better. Um, but I, I think from a rental car customer experience perspective, particularly with the app, um, the way the experience is currently, once you leave the rental car lot with your car, you don't have a lot of reason to interact with the app in most cases, right? So you're not getting a lot of interaction. It's not like a hotel stay or, or even an airline where you're using the app during your travel. So um, in terms of increasing customer interaction with the app, this is certainly one way to do it. And I think we can definitely see this catching on and also the, the added security measures for the, the, the brand itself um, of having that, that tracking available on the app or certainly uh, I, I think they're going to prove beneficial in the long run also. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see this catching on. And just what I've observed from the rental car study also is that the, the, the rental car companies are very interested in, in extending that experience while they're renting. As, as Jenny pointed out, you're not often using the app while you're renting. Um, and the rental car companies want to increase the interaction that happens while you're in the rental car itself. Um, giving you a chance to you know, take advantage of, of options and, and services that they offer, um, getting messages on areas you're not familiar with, uh, getting messages on a warning of, about your gas consumption and you know, where the nearest gas station is and what the prices are. So there's a lot of things that are going to happen if you use that app, uh, the keyless um, uh, access as a service, as a software service. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that, that the rental car company will be able to interact with you once you sign up for that product, if you want them. I believe they're all going to be opt-in in the future. So that'll be, that'll, we're going to probably see that impact uh, the rental car company's um, satisfaction levels in the next two or three years. Great. So Mike and Jenny, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, thanks to our listeners for joining as well. To learn more about the J.D. Power travel practice, please visit us on the web at jdpower.com slash business, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>